Do your Monday mornings also feel a lot of resistance and dread? And on Fridays, you're so exhausted and drained that you cannot even imagine hanging out with your friends and family. If that's the case, you may be dealing with career burnout. Well, Suzanne, so nice to see you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on Empowerment Solutions. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. And I've enjoyed listening to your podcast myself and just excited about our conversation today. Well, it's really an important conversation because I think what you have experienced yourself, a lot of people are experiencing, which is the burnout with their job. And I just done on Christmas was around people that are actually in their 20s and they are already feeling burned out by their careers. And tell us a little bit about your experience, because, you know, we know burnouts from being, you know, ill or having to deal with kids or, you know, having all these being in helper uh, uh, roles, but burnout from career is not something that everyone is really so familiar with. And so the question is, what do we need to look out for? What did you experience when you had a burnout? Yeah, and I'll just start by sharing my a little bit about my career burnout story. In fact, you know, from a very young age, I was always asking the question, what am I going to be when I grow up? And of course, obviously, every young kid wonders that and people ask them that question. And maybe they have their standard answers, you know, maybe the doctor, the nurse, the teacher, whatever. Uh, you know, but for me, I could never really answer that question. And I really went into young adulthood. And as I got into adult life, even still wondering, what am I going to be when I grow up? And I really didn't have the answer. So because I didn't didn't have the answer, I followed the formula that was really put out before me by my parents, which was you go to a good school, you get good grades, and then you go on to a good job and you stay in that good job. And that's basically success. So not knowing what I wanted to do with my life, I kind of just followed the formula. I went to a good school. I got good grades and I got the good job. Only I ended up in that uh, first career right out of college and uh, was a little bit surprised. In fact, on my first couple of days on the job, I was working for this high fast paced, you know, consulting firm in downtown Chicago. And um, I noticed that some of my coworkers were sleeping under their desks. Okay. So I'm thinking, huh. First job out of college, I'm like, maybe this is like what sleeping people do, right? Night or sleeping for naps. Oh, yeah. Overnight and for <laughs> naps, both. Okay. And so, you know, there's like that little cubby underneath the desk, right? So they were they were sleeping under their desks. And this was, you know, I thought, is this normal? You know, because I don't know my first job. And that was really kind of set the stage for what happened to me in that particular career and in that company, because that was really the company culture that you would work till, you know, the end of the road um, to the point of having to sleep over because you could only, you know, get a cat nap because you're spending the entire night at the office to really, you know, accomplish something. And in fact, one, um, not too long after that one uh, morning, I saw my boss in his pajama pants walking to the bathroom to go brush his teeth. Now you're, you're in France. So that's like, probably a huge no, no, I'm going to say in the US, that's still like not cool at all. But probably, you know, we're a little bit more casual here sometimes. So you know, maybe people are wearing like their comfier pants from time to time. But in that setting, and in that time, because it's almost 20 years ago now, you know, it was it was like embarrassing. Um, so those are some of my funny stories about things that happened. But unfortunately, that culture and kind of how uh, what I was put into, I was traveling internationally. Um, I speak fluent Spanish, or at least I did at the time. That was one reason I got hired for that job. So I was going all over and that made it 
maybe it sounds glamorous, but it really wasn't because it even lengthened my hours. You had to travel on the weekends. Of course, you had jet lag, all these different things. And one time, I think it's just really was kind of my rock bottom moment. I was um, in Argentina working on a project. And again, we were kind of expected to stay up all night. I think it was like three in the morning, two or three in the morning. And I finally just put my head down on the desk. And I said, I was falling asleep, literally. And I said, I can't do this. And I got up and I went back to my room and I realized it's not that I can't just do this project anymore. I can't do this job anymore. And I can't do this lifestyle anymore. Right. And I was developing so many unhealthy habits throughout this whole journey that I won't get into all the details, but they weren't, you know, you say career story versus burnout with your health. Like when you have a career burnout journey, it directly impacts your health. Right. So now you've got a wellness burnout and a career burnout. And maybe to your point, you've got, you know, a relationship burnout because when you, when your daily life, where we spend most of our working hours, you know, we spend 90,000 hours in a lifetime working when that is out of balance to that point, it does impact everything else. So it was a real wake up moment for me. And I ultimately got out of that position, but I'll tell you this, Dr. Friedman, my burnout did not go away right away. I had uh, similar experiences after that, which I can share more about, but. Well, it's an interesting thing because it. uh, First of all, I don't think here in France we would say 90,000 is really the hours we spend working. It's a, at least here there is a more balanced approach to work and and free time, which I think some Americans call lazy, but you know, that's again also something I want to ask you. Do you think there is something cultural about this you have to work hard and you have to find yourself worth through, you know, white knuckling it down? having dark circles around your eyes. Do you think that's a, that's a culture or do you see this uh, on your trips worldwide? Well, and again, this was quite a while ago, but I will tell you that when I left that job, I also ended up moving to Spain permanently. I had studied there in college and just kind of fell in love with the entire culture. And it wasn't that way there, right? People <laughs> still worked hard. They were very productive, but they had this amazing balance. And I was so drawn to that. And ultimately, I hoped to move there and live there and work there. And I did for a while, but it, my my whole plan there kind of didn't really come together. I ended up coming back to the United States and really was still kind of working through my career burnout story. So to your point, when I traveled to other cultures, I didn't see the same type of work habits. And yet I still saw people being very productive. I know you had another guest on your show who talked about like, there is no such thing as laziness, right? And I totally agree with that. It's like the human nature is to to be of service, to to give to others, to do things. So how do we do that in a way, especially in our culture, but anywhere where we're not overgiving, we're not overdoing, and we can actually come from a more of a place of wholeness when we do that, right? And so I think everybody has these moments in their career or whatever it is they're doing for their life, even if you're following something you're super passionate about, you can become so immersed in your passion that you end up kind of overdoing it too. I see this a lot with coaches in my community, um, entrepreneurs that I work with who, you know, they love what they're doing so much and all of a sudden they're kind of hitting burnout over there too. And I think we have these moments, uh, you know, light bulb moments basically where um, something happens in our life where we end up either hitting burnout or we're having some sort of a crisis or something kind of hits causes us and we have to hit the pause button and we have to kind of reevaluate and say, okay, what am I going to do next? And that's really what happened to me in my career burnout journey is that I entered into other positions after that first one. And yeah, the people were different. The boss was different. It was different. The coworkers were different, but the culture wasn't really that different. And so I found myself really blaming those people 
blaming the company culture, um, you know, blaming kind of how everything was. And it wasn't until I was ready to reevaluate and hit the pause button and say, okay, I have to take responsibility for my path and how I'm going to show up. No matter what it's looking like over here, I have to take that responsibility. And that was really a pivotal moment for me. And I think um, a lot of people are getting to that point right now. I mean, we had the biggest reevaluation moment in history over the last couple of years, of course, with the pandemic and everything like that. And people, you know, a lot of people left their jobs during that time, especially uh, here in the US, we had what was the great resignation. I don't know if that was really impacting you guys as much. Um, but, you know, when they surveyed those people, about why they left, the number one reason they said they left was because of burnout. Burnout and then not being supported. And those two are the perfect storm for really, um, you know, if you're burned out and you're not supported, like you really can't go on, right? And so um, I think it's interesting that we had sort of a global reevaluation, but I do see people, more and more people are having these, these um, reevaluation moments. Yeah, I think there needs to be just a kind of uh, cultural revolution happening in regards to how we are seeing jobs in our lives, how we are seeing them right now in many ways, or we are told to have to see them as the number one most important thing that you define yourself and that you ultimately, you are what you do. And, and you know, you're right, the Great Resignation had a lot of people rethink their careers. And uh, they were certainly also fed up, you know, whether it's the lower paying jobs, especially in the hospitality industry or the tech industry, where it was more about, okay, this is not worth it anymore. But then you see CEOs doing exactly the opposite now, demanding people to come back to the office again, Elon Musk telling people you have to sleep in the office in order to make it a Twitter. I mean, there's just still a mindset of, well, this is normal. You can rest when you retire and you cannot really find balance. And do you have a feeling that this is something that overall also with the people that you work, we are not any longer willing to accept? Or is this just the exception, this blip on the horizon after the pandemic? Or do you feel like this is a general trend where people say, my wellness, my life, is more important than making this career the centerpiece? I think it's such a great question because when I hit this career burnout, and again, almost two decades ago now, I remember, and I finally ultimately left my job, people thought I was crazy. My coworkers like, how are, how can you be leaving this amazing high powered, you know, career and you're going to what, go out on your own and, and do something you're passionate about? Like, good luck, right? And even my family, who is always behind me and, of course, you know, always supporting me, I could tell underneath that there was sort of the raised eyebrow look like, OK, like, is this really, you know, a good idea? And so I don't think it's, you know, I think back then it was still, you know, more and more people, of course, have been able to go virtual and do so many things where they can, um, you know, we used to have so many more entrepreneurs and people can do so much more than they could back then. And so, yes, I think during this time period, too, we had a lot of forces colliding, right? We had the pandemic. Right. We had people hitting burnout. We had people staying at home that caused everybody to go virtual, right? So, and then that caused them to see that there were other possibilities. So I think that created kind of this, this momentum, but I do believe that um, people are going to continue to want to find what fuels them, hmm. right? And 
I mean, I've seen this happen for a lot of the coaches in our community. I'll give you an example of someone. Uh, Natalia Edelman is her name. She was working for the wealth management industry. She was in finance and again, kind of loved her job, loved everything she did, but it was a very fast paced job and ultimately noticed she was starting to head toward burnout. Whether she had hit rock bottom yet, she was getting close. And she did something that I think is really amazing. And I've always taken it to heart. And I think it's something that everybody can kind of use is that she gave herself permission. She said, you know what? Something isn't right here. My health is going in the wrong direction. I love my career. I don't know if it's like everything it's meant to be, but I need to take a pause. And she asked her boss for a sabbatical. Now, some people are like, I can't do that. And maybe that's true. But that's what she felt she needed to do. And her boss said, yes. And she took a sabbatical. And not only did she get her health back in order, figure out what was really going on with her, boost her energy, then she could come from a place of clarity to make empowered decisions. Now, ultimately, she ended up leaving that company, but she ended up combining her wealth management experience with wellness. And now she's doing some amazing things today, helping people, leading retreats, combining like finances and wellness. And, you know, she really ended up following her purpose and passion in life. So while it appeared to be something kind of like a breakdown moment, oh my gosh, I have to leave my job for a time period. She gave herself permission to do it. And I think giving herself permission is so important because it's like a tiny step in one direction to say, okay, what's possible for me? What's next, right? And these small steps really do add up and they do help bring us clarity. And otherwise we're just kind of running in the rat race, right? We're like just pushing, pushing, pushing. And we 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 have trouble getting clarity when we're in that space because that is the path to burnout versus taking that pause. So I just, I love that story about Natalia. I mean, I can certainly relate to, you know, changing your path simply because it's no longer fulfilling. Now, when I changed my career as a physician, I certainly wasn't at the place of the burnout, but I was at a place of just realizing this is not my purpose anymore. And I need to make a course correction. And just like in your case, People were shaking their heads, calling me crazy. And, and you just have to follow also that what feels right. <clears throat> and I didn't know right away what felt right, but so I did another career and I changed that too. But we have to really be aware of that burnout is almost like the probably last uh, signal from your inner self that says, okay, we cannot do this anymore like you having the head on the table. But there may be signs before that already tell you it's sucking my soul out of my body. This is not really anything I'm looking forward to. Why am I every Sunday night just so miserable and just, you know, angry at everyone around me? And why do I, you know, already on Tuesday think about Friday afternoon? And I mean, there are things where we just have to also see the subtle signs, but then mm -hmm. not everyone can take a pause. And then there are the classic excuses that people, and they are valid, making, I have benefits, I have obligations, I have a family to feed, I cannot just change this, this is good for you guys to talk about this, I cannot just become a coach. So what do I do when I'm feeling this burnout coming close? Yeah. I love that. And I just want to address kind of two things that you said there. One is kind of like, you know, there's these moments and things happening before we hit burnout, right? And I like to call it address the stress, right? Because usually we kind of ignore the stress and it just goes on and on. And then ultimately we end up hitting burnout. So keep in mind, first of all, 
not all stress is, is created equal. Okay. So some stress is good. So don't be like, Oh no, I had some stress today. I'm on the path to burnout. What should I do? No, we want to bring more awareness to the stress and notice that it's happening. Right. And being, being, uh, being having that awareness is important because what happens with stress, I believe, is that it's not like if you have a stressful day and then the next day isn't stressful, like all's good. That original stress, it kind of gets stored in the body. So we have to be able to care for it, right? And be aware of it so that we don't end up building up so much stress in the body that ends up turning into burnout. So I think no matter where you are in a position, whether you feel like you have benefits and you can't leave or whether you love your job or whether you're stuck in your job, whatever it is, everybody can become empowered to really address the stress. And it can be even just five minutes a day and being aware of the things that you're doing and the things that are impacting. And we could talk about, you know, myself being in the holistic wellness field, we could talk about that all day. But what I really want to mention here is kind of the second part of what you said is like, what do you do if that's, you know, your case? And I think one of the things that I did, I'll just share it, is that I couldn't leave my day job right away either, right? I knew something was off. Um, a lot of things were happening, but uh, one of the things I did was I got really clear on my personal principles. Okay. So what are your personal principles? It's basically what you deeply care about. Hmm. So you may not be able to leave your job tomorrow and maybe you don't want to leave your job. Maybe you need to do an adjustment within your current career, right? But if you're not clear on what your personal principles are, it's going to be really hard to make that particular career, anything you do really get in alignment with you. And I'm really big into alignment. Um, I can talk more about that later, but I want to mention with personal principles that just let me give you guys uh, kind of an example for you and your all of your listeners. I have several personal principles, but just as an example, I have wellness is one of them. Having been in the wellness field for almost two decades, family is big for me. I have an 11 year old son and my husband and our extended family is all very close. And then sovereignty is a word that I like to use. My value around this was freedom, but it really became more of a personal principle. Uh, principle. And I think personal principles are a little bit deeper than just values because we really, if we spend some time with them, we get to really see what they're all about for us on a personal level. And for me, sovereignty, well, what does that word mean? Sovereignty is like, you know, kings and queens were sovereigns. They, they had this rulership. They had this authority, right? It's really about self-sovereignty, which is your own personal authority, yeah. authority over yourself and being able to listen to your own truth and let that guide you to make decisions versus listening to all the other voices out there that say, you can't leave that job. You have benefits. This is, you got to pay the bills, right? That all might be true. Just like you said, Dr. Friedman, but you also have a voice that's really guiding you and you have to be able to give it a voice. So, so for me, those were my personal principles. But the point here is if you take out a little bit of time, and this can be in an evening. It could be one Saturday morning. Everybody can find a little bit of time to carve out time to start thinking about their personal principles and what's really important to them. And when you do that, it really can start to guide you to what it is you're supposed to do next. You may not know right now, but if you give yourself that opportunity, I do believe you start to get clarity. What would you suggest as in the meantime, and maybe some people are just completely unwilling to even consider changing their jobs, no matter how hard they are. What would you say are ways for them in the meantime to practice wellness or to feed themselves and not just feel drained by their nine, 10 hour jobs? Yeah, well, I think that's a, a great question. I'll say this, like stress to me is kind of like this doing mode. You're like going, 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 right? You're doing, doing more and it's kind of building up. And I just wanna be clear that burnout is not the same because you can't do anything when you're burned out. You get you can't get out of bed. 
Okay. And so, and I'll give an example of, of this is one of uh, the coaches in our community, Kim Goldham. She was living the life that we're talking about. She was in a career where she was just going, 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 totally high performing, thought she loved her job, but realized not only was she like overgiving in her job, but the same thing was happening in her personal life. She would never say no to anything. Right. And so she had this life that was full of going, going, going. And one day she couldn't get out of bed. And basically she had later figured out that she was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue. Okay. Which is a story that actually also similarly happened to me. And it happens to a lot of people who hit burnout is that they get to that point where they literally cannot get out of bed. Okay. And so she, she was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue. It ended up really changing the course of her life because while it was a moment that seemed horrible, she couldn't even go to her job, which she felt so passionate and dedicated to do. She kind of went on her own health and wellness journey and then discovered a lot of different things to support her so that she could continue on in that job for a while. But ultimately, it ignited in this passion for her to go out and help other people. Uh, and that's why she became a holistic wellness coach. But I just share that because you say, okay, what are the things that you can do? Well, some of the things that Kim did and some of the things that I did and even Natalia and, of course, all the other people that are really passionate in our community about holistic wellness and they go out and teach people about burnout today. Um, first, one of them is to get to the root of the issue, right? Because I can say to you right now, Dr. Friedman, oh, maybe, you know, eat less sugar or incorporate more healthy fats because they have endorphins in them and endorphins help to lower your stress, right? Or have spices because that helps to lower your stress as well. But if you don't get to the root of the issue for you personally, all the advice in the world, all the recommendations in the world, it really won't matter because what causes your burnout is very different than what causes mine. And that's why I'm so passionate about a holistic approach to wellness, because I believe there's a lot of different factors that oftentimes become interconnected and kind of shape what is at the root of each of our own issues. And until we're willing to look at those holistic interconnected factors, it's very hard to even say, this is what you should do. Sure, there's a lot of general advice out there about what you can do to kind of avoid burnout. But I really think getting to the root of it on a personal issue for every person is super important because for one person, it might be that you know, they're actually having something happening at work that has to do with like an emotional dynamic and they have to learn better communication skills. And that would really take a lot of the pressure off for other people. It could be a mindset issue for others. It actually could be nutrition and food related where actually they're not eating the right foods to give them energy. So they don't have the energy that they need to be productive. So it could be, it's so wide, right? It's so different for everyone. Do you have a resource where that you can recommend where people can go to find out more about what it is, what they are struggling with? Yeah, absolutely. I'll share with everyone. Um, you can actually get a free kind of like complimentary book or guide. Um, and it's at IAWPWellnessCoach.com forward slash guide. So it's basically a digital version of my book, which is called Live Well, Dream Big. And in it, you're going to get a lot of different things. But one of the things you're going to get is our Wellness 360 system. And Wellness 360 is basically 12 key elements in your life, but across 36 sort of dimensions. And there's three different layers. So you're looking at 36 different components that are actually unique to you. And when, and you go through the chapters and it walks you through each of the different layers of your external self, your internal self, even the symbolic kind of more spiritual layer. And this is what helps you to start looking at this holistic approach and really saying, hey, what's going on for me personally, right? Because it might be only two elements, you know, across one layer that's impacting somebody, or it might be somebody might have everything they need to look at, right? But what I also love about the book I'll share is that um, there's 12 different kind of stories in there of people who have gone on this journey, who have hit a health crisis, they hit burnout, 
And they all had different issues. So it shows you how it's kind of unique for each person, right? And they tell their stories and what they did and what it looked like for them. So you might find somebody in there that you relate to. So that's a resource uh, that people could definitely check out to learn a little bit more about Wellness 360. And of course, you have only use of a book that you can actually read. So it's great that it's available and you just have to take the time to look into it. Now, I think what we are talking about, especially with your stories, is certainly inspirational. But as I said, for some people, it's also something that they don't really know what else is out there. Like you had no guidance from your parents. And, and you talk in your work about soul purpose, about what are we here really to do? And, you know, for some, it's already too woo-woo, but for others say, oh my God, I would love to know more about my soul's purpose. And and that certainly I can very much relate to because it took me a while to find it, but I, I did find it 20 years ago and I'm very glad for this, but it wasn't necessarily labeled, this is your soul purpose, follow that path. <laughs> how that. would someone go about or how do you find someone's soul purpose? Well, remember that formula I was following that wasn't my soul's purpose, right? I went to the good school. I got the good grades. I got the good job. I thought that would lead me to success. And I realized that success doesn't always necessarily equal the soul's purpose. So I had to come up with my own formula. And I actually did. And I didn't realize it at the time. But now that I've kind of put all these elements together, I'm like, oh, this is my soul's purpose formula, or oftentimes I call it my alignment formula. And it actually includes three things. And it's not the uh, good, good school, good grades and good job anymore. It's your natural talents, plus your passion, plus your story. So your natural talents, well, what is that? Well, it's basically whatever just like literally comes naturally to you, what comes easily to you. And this should be obvious, but at, oftentimes it's not because it is just so natural to you. So it's the thing that other people say to you, you are so good at, right? And you're like, oh, okay, wow. I thought everybody was good at this. I thought this was normal. So those can be some of your natural talents or a way to kind of tap into what your natural talents are. Then the second element is your passion, right? And your passion is, well, what can I actually pass hours just doing because I love it so much? And there's actually a, a quote out there by someone named Kristen Mertz. And I just love it because she says, we lose ourselves in the things we love, but we also find ourselves there. And that to me just describes passion, right? You're just so lost that you're like, what happened? <laughs> Four hours just went by, right? So maybe it's researching a certain topic. Like you just love, you know, in my case, I would say all things wellness. You just love reading wellness books, right? Or maybe, you know, you're into gardening. I don't know, whatever it is. And then here's the key element. You've got to match this up with your story to really get everything in alignment for your soul's purpose. And this can be a little bit harder to do because, you know, we all have a life story, right? And this is an exercise we take coaches in our community through. We're like, okay, write your life story because you know what? It's healing. It's cathartic. Like we should all do it. But within that story are what I call micro stories. So little moments across your life, right? You might have three big micro stories that are really important, or you might have 10, you might have two, but we all have kind of these micro stories that come up and there's sort of these moments in life that, you know, if there's a higher power above, they said, okay, these are the four things that are going to happen to Dr. Friedman that he's going to have to work through in this life, right? And so your story is really important because it really brings it all together about how you come into alignment with that work. Mm. Now, this might all sound kind of confusing, but I'll just use myself as an example so people can kind of like, okay, plug this into the formula. My natural talents were creating systems out of information, 
that sounds really boring. And I thought it was just something everybody could do, but I can look at a lot of information and then put it into a system that people can actually apply it to their life. Who knows? I have no idea where this came from. Okay. My passion again is holistic wellness, right? And then my story, one of my micro stories really became about carving my own path and also breaking the rules. Because again, I was, I'm a real rule follower and I was following that formula. And I believe that that was what I had to do. But when I saw that I didn't have to, I could actually break the rules and actually be successful. That's what my story became about. So fast forward to today, where I'm the founder of the International Association of Wellness Professionals. What I do over there is that we support people to create their own careers, carve their own paths, tap into their passion for holistic wellness using our systems. Okay, that's kind of crazy that those three things came together. You could have never told me, like I said at the beginning of this, that this is what I would be doing today. Um, but I think if people play around with that three-part formula, Dr. Friedman, they're going to start plugging things in. And it doesn't happen overnight. This is not like, oh, I mean, you might get a big light bulb moment, but it's a little bit of a journey for these things to come together. You might have to explore your passions. You might have to talk to people about your natural talents. You might have to write out your story a couple of times. Um, but that's how I see the soul's purpose really coming through when these three things get in alignment. I love it. It's really perfect. This, this formula and... I can imagine it doesn't have to end up in a career. I mean, you can certainly find your sole purpose without having to make money with it and just live with that passionate alignment because that's what you're supposed to do outside of your job or on the weekend or whatever it is. But uh, just asking these three questions, uh, that's really great. I love it. I can definitely relate to that. Well, I just love what you just said. It doesn't necessarily have to be a career. I think there's a burning desire for people to find their soul's work and then make it a career only because, again, we spend 90,000 hours at least here at work doing something. And so it can feel so out of alignment when we're doing something for so many hours that doesn't line up with our soul. But you've made a great point because you might discover through this process that your soul's purpose is actually somebody who is an amazing listener and you can hold space for people. This is this is an actual soul's purpose, I'm telling you, because it's amazing if you can do this. And you might say to yourself, well, gosh, I'd love to do a career doing that, but maybe that I don't know what that is right now. But you can show up today following that soul's purpose. You can hold that space for your family. You can hold that space for your coworkers. You can do it for your community. And when you get in alignment with that soul's purpose, it absolutely changes how you show up every day in that job. And you might realize that you actually love what you're doing because you have just reframed how you show up from a different place. So I love that you said that because um, I think it's an important thing for people to consider. Especially that it also allows you, like you said, show up differently. Because a lot of people that I talk to that don't really enjoy their job, don't enjoy it because they compare themselves to others. And they have these artificial ideas of I have to be like them or compete with them or follow a certain kind of uh, formula like you had to. And they don't really see that their unique contribution is missing. And it would actually make this company better and it would make the culture better and it would certainly make their experience better. So that uh, formula about the soul's purpose certainly can help to get us more in alignment, even if we don't change anything, but our attitude and our engagement and our energy will shift. Or you just can endure your job more because you have something else passionate that you look forward to outside of your work. 
I think living on soul's purpose is definitely something that I can imagine is making, you know, a huge difference in the people that you work with. Yeah. And I mean, I love what you're saying too. I think a lot of people are walking around thinking like, um, you know, they, like you said, they're comparing themselves to others. They just feel disheartened in their work. They don't have that purpose in their work. And a lot of it is that we're carrying around narratives, kind of like old narratives, what are narratives? They're stories about ourselves kind of from our unconscious thinking or even our upbringing, but they're kind of things that we believe. They're kind of things we say. We might even say it to our coworkers or to our friends and family. It's kind of like tribal in a way. They're sort of like these badges of honor we carry. And they end up actually impacting how we show up every day and what we do. Just as an example, some narratives are like, you know, I'm not good at relationships or, you know, money doesn't grow on trees or one narrative I grew up with was never risk a lot for a little. That was something my dad just loved to say, never risk a lot for a little. So I became very risk averse and why that actually is a part of my career burnout story is kind of interesting because when I started getting in alignment with my soul and thinking, oh, this is what I can do, I didn't want to risk a lot for a little, right? And so I stayed in that job. I stayed in that career because I was afraid to risk a lot for a little, right? So mm -hmm. these narratives actually do impact us and it's super important because the narratives impact the choices we make and the behaviors that we have. And then, you know, that's how our life is. So if we can also not only do that alignment formula and figure out our talents, our passion, our story, if we can look at our narratives and see where they're coming from, then we can start writing new stories. So all those little micro stories, we can start becoming more empowered about the stories on our life's journey and really be like a part of them and like co-creating them. And there's another uh, saying out there, you can tell I like quotes, but one of them is nothing changes if nothing changes, right? So nothing changes if nothing changes. Well, it's pretty simple. We have to be the leader of that change in our own lives, right? right. If we want to make those changes. So. And I really think what uh, we just talked about is so, so great to also see that people do that that me actually may know i i always uh, think about this one person that i see sometimes in a in a cafeteria of a supermarket you know where people go to have relatively cheap lunch this guy is at the checkout and he basically takes the order and he's the most passionate person you can imagine and it's a really it could be a very very draining long lines everyone is hungry people are in a bad mood, but he makes it so light. People go there just for him because he's funny, he always has a joke, he's whistling. I mean, he's like the appetizer of the whole meal and and he just has this very positive attitude. Maybe this is his sole purpose, but he certainly has a narrative in his mind that is about, I wanna be off service. I wanna make this fun. I wanna make people wanna be here because we have a good time together. And so they come over and over again and they become, you know, acquaintances, friends almost for lunch. And so that is just an example where I feel we don't have to make big changes right away to avoid burnout. We can less also overcome our inner resistance. The things, like you said, the narratives, the stories, the limiting beliefs, if we are starting to shift them and put them into something that is more flowing and feels more right and in alignment with us without having to do anything externally different we can already feel much better because we are not pushing this boulder off i don't want to up the hill we actually more in the feeling of okay i'm in this job maybe i'm stuck in it because of debt or whatever but i can choose how i'm going to show up 
And that is the freedom and the sovereignty that you also talk about. Wow. I love that story about that person. They just sound like they're, yeah, it doesn't matter. Oftentimes once you discover your purpose, what format you're really doing and how you're showing up in that day, like what your title is. Right. And so I know someone like that as well, who delivers mail and, um, same thing, just the most happy person I've ever met. And that's so inspirational. I love yeah. that. Now, if there is one advice of everything that we just talked about, what would be the one advice that you want to leave the listener with? Hmm, I think that is a good question. There's so many little tidbits, but I think the biggest thing coming through right now is just to ask yourself what makes you feel alive, right? Because just like that person in the grocery store and just like the male person that I'm talking about, what you know, they feel alive for some reason and they're tapped into that energy, right? And we can all tap into that no matter what we're doing in our careers. And when we do, I truly believe it can help us to prevent burnout, right? But again, it can also help us to show up in a really powerful way every day and ultimately find the next steps forward to what we're meant to do if we are meant to do something else and really tap into that soul's purpose. So what makes me feel alive? And you know what? There's a, again, you know me, I have to share my quotes. There's a quote by Howard Thurman out there who says, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and then go do that because what the world needs is more people who have come alive. So yes, what makes you come alive? Go do that. Don't procrastinate. And remember, if you're stuck right now, if you're in a position where you're facing career burnout, you feel purposeless, whatever it is, guess what? The only way is through. I know that's kind of scary, but you can't go around this. You can't circumvent. You can't do, you know, put a Band-Aid on burnout. You have to go through it. And I think hopefully some of the tools and tips I shared today are going to help you go through it because there is a, another side to this. Well, and in addition, there is this wonderful book. Again, how can people find the book? They can go over to IAWPWellnessCoach.com forward slash guide. And I also just want to mention a gift for people who are listening today and they're like, oh my gosh, the career piece is really sticking out for me. You're like, I feel kind of confused about my career. I know I'm meant to do something else. We also have a special gift for Dr. Friedman's listener, which is called the uh, career superpower quiz. And I personally love quizzes. So that's why it's a quiz. But don't you just love taking a quiz and getting your custom profile and like your type? I do. And that is available to people over at superpowergift.com. So that's another place to go, superpowergift.com, where you can take a quiz. You can discover your career superpower. It's a super great place to start if you're looking to get out of career burnout, but really to use that formula we talked about today to really focus in on what your unique talents are, your passion, your story. And what you'll find too, when you get your profile is it's not just about your career. It impacts your relationships. It impacts your wellness and all other areas of your life. And you'll get into uh, learning more about that when you go over to superpowergift.com. And don't worry, we all have superpowers. You don't have to feel like Superman or Superwoman to go to that site. We all do have it inside. So oh, I love thank it. you so much, Susan, for these really great gifts and for this wonderful information. And especially for your really, I don't know, very, very uplifting energy. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It was so great connecting with you. Take care, everybody.